Today's scripture reading comes from Matthew 14, sorry, 4, 17 to 25. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left their boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. So his fame spread through all Syria, and they brought him to all the sick, those who were afflicted uh, with various diseases and pains, um, demoniacs, elliptics, and paralytics, and he cured them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. The word of the Lord. Good morning. Happy New Year. Yeah. It is so good to see all of your faces this morning. My name is Esteban Trujillo, and I'm one of the campus pastors here at Point Loma Nazarene University, the school that you attend. Just want to throw that in there. And I oversee all of our um, programs involving ministry with Mexico, and it's so great to be here um, speaking this morning. I've noticed um, all over social media that a lot of you had such a great time over winter break. Oh my goodness. Uh, how many of you actually like traveled over winter break? Yeah. I saw some people going to Hawaii. I saw some people skiing. I see you, Noah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, you skied. People going to the mountains, going to Yosemite, Sequoias, traveling to different countries. You guys are, you guys are an adventurous bunch here at PLNU. Well, my highlights for this break um, was I, I stayed local. I uh, hung out with family. Uh, I watched Star Wars. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Who knew Jar Jar Binks was going to be such a pivotal person, right? I'm just kidding. Not true. No spoilers for those who haven't seen it. But um, actually, I stayed local out of necessity. I was sick. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have that cold that's going around, but I got it and still lingering. Uh, so I was sick. I'm a pretty pathetic sick person, actually. Uh, my wife probably doesn't like it when I'm sick because I become very needy. I eat broth. That's all I want. I just want to, uh, there's a particular Netflix documentary that I watch, Hero Dreams of Sushi. Yeah, right? That brings me joy and comfort in times of sickness for me. So I'll just lay in bed and just sip on my broth and watch Hero make sushi. And it's so great. I love it. Um, but towards the end of the break, I, I was just kind of just done. I was done with just being at home and and, and being sick, 
And I was still sick at the time when New Year's came around. And we had planned this trip to go to Lake Arrowhead. And uh, this is something that we do every year. Uh, we go with, our, uh, with my wife's family. And uh, for some reason, like right before the trip, everyone was just canceling, everyone bailing. Uh, my in-laws, I mean, all of them, just everyone was sick. They couldn't make it. And so we were at a point where we were saying, well, maybe we should just bail too. Maybe we shouldn't go. And I got out of bed and I was like, no, I'm not going to bail out. I'm like, I need some adventure in this break. And so I put my coffee self into the car and loaded up the, the forerunner and we went up, um, up the mountain and went to Lake Arrowhead. And basically I said, I'd rather just be sick somewhere else in a cabin looking over trees than just being sick in bed. So that's what we ended up doing. And it was pretty amazing. And it was great. Uh, these are pictures of what happened. Uh, we taught my daughter the, uh, this is a, it's, it's a small place. It has no Wi-Fi. Uh, there's barely any cell phone uh, reception there. And so I bring in like a little, like my old NES, Nintendo. And Layla is learning the ways of Duck Hunt and, uh, you know, uh, Mario Brothers. And she's playing, uh, yeah, we have this little joystick too that we have as well. So she's playing Miss, Miss Pac-Man. And it's great. It's just, people, it's just nice to just kind of disconnect and move into a time of adventure. This is us fishing. This is our version of fishing at the lake. And so this is what we did. So you, 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 can, you know that my, my, uh, my break was really low-key, um, but it was, it was such a good time. Our theme for this school year has been uh, the theme of down-to-earth. And it comes from the Lord's Prayer and from this particular line that says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it's this, this way of understanding that there's this downward movement of God, this downward movement of what happens in the heavenly realms, what happens in God's will, and all of that descending into our very own lives, descending into the lives um, of our neighbors, descending into our communities, breaking into our world, into our campus, and also into every aspect of who we are, that the kingdom of God may be something that really becomes personalized and becomes part of who we are and invades every space in which we inhabit. And so this fall semester, we've been going through, uh, with this particular theme, we've been going through each line of the Lord's Prayer. And so I'd like to remind us of, of this prayer. And actually, what I'd like us to do is start off by reciting this prayer together. So can you read with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And so we've been going through each line in this particular text. And we had a preaching team that included uh, Danny Kim, and Dr. Bob Brower, and Lexi Delamora, and Mary Paul, and myself. And we took every uh, line of this prayer. And this is what we learned 
Uh, and so I, I kind of want to recap uh, what we've been learning this, uh, this past semester. We learned that God is a relational God. We learned that this very beginning of this prayer, our Father, is this intimate invitation from our God to approach him. Our Father. And so we understand that God is not only this person, this being that we can approach, but also that God uh, just desires to have an intimate relationship with us. It's an invitation into that. And so we can approach God with confidence because he is our father and we are his children. Yet also God is a holy God. And there's this otherness and the set-apartness about it, something special. And there's also this desire from God for us to reflect his holiness in this world. We also talked about God's kingdom, right? Uh, God's desire for it to break through and for his will to be done on this earth and for his will and his kingdom to be done in our lives in this earth as well. We understand that we are in need of God's lordship in our lives. We also talked about uh, the daily needs of our lives. And then God is the one who can provide those needs. God is the provider. God desires to provide for us the daily bread. Yet also, we are not only recipients of this daily bread, but we could also be providers of this daily bread for those who are around us and who are in need of this bread. We talked about God being a God of forgiveness, who can take our brokenness and mend us into something beautiful. And God is also calling us to be a people of radical forgiveness in our world, people who carry on the work of reconciliation in our world. We talked about a God who deliver us, delivers us from evil. But there's also this temptation to, fully, to not fully live into our identity as children of God. And then the final line is this final line of worship. This worship proclaiming that the kingdom and the power and the glory belongs to God and God alone. Amen. That's beautiful. This prayer reminds us of who God is and also reminds us of who God wants us to be. And so as we've unpacked this prayer that Christ has taught us, it is, it's given us this, this insight and understanding of who God is and who we are. It has reframed the, the way we view God, ourselves, and the world around us. In a sense, it's a roadmap that leads us into a new way of living. It's an invitation to live differently, to help us re-examine our priorities, understand what is important, um, understand what, um, what real power looks like rather than the, the ways the world has defined it, a refocus of what our desires should be. Jesus said right before this prayer, this is the way you should pray. This should be your desire for God's kingdom to come, for be so, to be solely dependent on God's provision, to be a people of forgiveness, to be a people of the kingdom of God. And so this semester, we're continuing with that theme of down to earth. 
Um, and we're going to move in a different direction, but still with the lens of this prayer that we've learned about in this past semester. And so we're going to be going through the Sermon on the Mount, this beautiful sermon that Jesus preaches. It's actually uh, the longest uh, written conversation that Jesus has within the New Testament. It, it's Jesus actually speaking for a long time without being interrupted or only uh, sharing a, a, at least what is recorded, right? The longest continuous section of Jesus speaking. And the Sermon on the Mount gives us a glimpse, a picture of what it means to live out this prayer, insight into kingdom living. And so this semester, we'll have uh, the same team uh, with, with some changes. So this year, our preaching team will be consist of Lexi Delamora one more time, uh, being our student voice, and then Dr. Mary Paul also, and then myself, and now we're going to be including Caroline's Pardue, uh, which we're really excited about uh, this semester. She's pretty amazing. And this will be the framework of what we speak about this semester, not only in our community chapels on Wednesdays, but what it looks like also to, uh, for our Wednesday night chapels as our student speakers also speak uh, during those times, our renewal week, and also other invited speakers uh, who will be coming in. We have some really, really good folks coming in to speak about what it means to live this life of the kingdom of God. And so this is an invitation, you guys, an invitation to lean in, to be open to the ways that God can work in our lives in ways that are transformative and life-giving. And also there has to be this willingness to be molded and to be shaped by God in this journey. And so I'm pretty sure that as you read through the Sermon on the Mount, if you haven't read through it already, there are some things that are very challenging in that passage. You read through it and you're like, what? What is that? Love my enemies? What? A redefinition of what adultery looks like? A redefinition of what it means for murder? All of, the, all of these things. The law said this, but I tell you this. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the gentle. Blessed are the peacemakers. This is a total, radical, different way of viewing life. And this is the invitation that Christ is calling us. There could be many times where you'll hear passages from uh, certain portions of this Sermon on the Mount, and you'll say, this doesn't make sense. Or maybe you might want to justify it and say, maybe Jesus said this, but I think what he really meant to say was this. And so this semester, what I want us to do is to practice um, and have an open heart to the ways that God can change you and transform you, to be open to the ways that God is speaking to us in new ways and changing our perspectives. You may be even coming into this semester um, thinking and looking through this Sermon on the Mount and saying, boy, I don't believe any of this. And so wherever you are, this is just an open invitation to journey and to discover the way of Christ and his kingdom.
The text that we read um, earlier, Matthew 4, 17 through 25, these are the verses that are leading up to this beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which is called the Beatitudes. And up to this point, right, right before this, Jesus has been baptized. There's this beautiful, remarkable thing that happens where the heavens are open and God's powerful voice comes down and says, you are my son in whom I am well pleased. And immediately after that, uh, he moves into the wilderness to be tempted. And right after this temptation, he begins his earthly ministry and it begins with this text saying, he began to pro- proclaim the good news to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near. And he calls two sets of brothers, fishermen, and he says, follow me. It's interesting. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to picture this in my, in my mind. Uh, someone just going into your workplace and saying, hey, leave your job and come and follow me. Pretty vague, not really saying like where we're going or what we're going to do. If, uh, are you inviting me into a new job or anything? Follow me. And it says that both of these brothers, fishermen, leave. And actually, um, the second set leave, and they said that they leave their father as well. They leave their family. This deep sense of sacrifice, this deep sense of letting go in order to receive something new and exciting and to move into something, what we would call an adventure. To leave it all behind and live in a new way, to follow Christ into a new adventure. And along the way, Jesus is going to say, I'm going to teach you. I'm going to guide you. And so adventuring into the known is not very easy. Um, before I started my role here, uh, my wife and I served as missionaries in Spain. I don't know if you guys know that. Uh, but my wife and I served as missionaries in Europe. Uh, we had a blast. It's great. Europe is awesome. And uh, one of the things that we decided to do is obviously travel Europe uh, because we lived there and uh, that was something that we just like, oh, yeah, let's do that. So the first place that we went to was Ireland. Beautiful place. And um, we didn't know anything about Ireland. Actually, we asked around and we're like, hey, you, you recommend anything in Ireland? They're like, no, just go, adventure out. It's beautiful. You'll love it. Just drive. That's what, actually, that was the advice that we were given. And so uh, we didn't really make any plans. All we did was we uh, booked a ticket to Dublin and rented a car, which it had to be automatic. I don't drive stick. Sorry, guys. I don't drive standard. And, um, and so I, we rented a car, and we, rented a f- uh, we got a few hotels along the way to just this one destination. It was called the Ring of Kerry. And, uh, and so we just wanted to just go to, you know, places that we've seen in the movies, you know, the nice green spaces. And so that was our destination. We really had no idea what we were doing. No GPS, uh, no way that we were using our cell phone, uh, you know, abroad, nothing. I mean, we had maps, literal maps and printouts of Google Maps. And, uh, and so we were first timers. We had no idea what was happening. And so we arrived in Dublin 
We get there about, about 4 p.m., and we touch down, and the uh, sun is starting to set already, and uh, we go to the, to, the, uh, to the car rental place, and they give us a car, and we had to ask for an economical car. We had no idea what that meant in Europe, um, but that was a very tiny car. It was called the Nissan Micra. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that car, but it was basically, it looked like a smart car just for a Nissan. And uh, I also didn't, I mean, I, I forgot that I was going to have to drive on the opposite side of the road. I was going to drive on the opposite side, on, uh, you know, on the passenger side, our passenger side, uh, uh, on the steering wheel. And so I get in and I'm just totally confused. I actually tried to get into the driver's seat from the, our driver's side. And I was like, what? So then I make my way around and I get back uh, into the, you know, the Irish side, right? <laughs> So I start driving immediately after, you know, getting out of this airport, there are roundabouts. And I'm like, wait, which way do I go? I am so confused. And so I was like, and so basically what I told my wife was like, just keep on reminding me that I have to go on the other side, that I have to just keep on going on the other side. And it was scary. By the time we got out of the airport, it was already dark. And we move into these two-lane highways in the dark to this place. We're trying to make it to this place called Cork, a city called Cork. So we're driving from Dublin to Cork, pretty, pretty long. And I see a car that's coming towards me. I see, I see these, these headlights, and I'm like, oh my goodness, am I still on the right side? Am I still on the right side? And it was so freaky, you guys. Oh my goodness, I just didn't know what to do. But we made it. And we got there in the morning. We had no idea what Cork looked like, but we, we, uh, we got up in the morning. We we're like, oh my goodness, this place is gorgeous. And we kept on driving and we kept on seeing these beautiful, just green, green spaces. That's the way I looked like about 50, 50 pounds ago. <laughs> and it was amazing. We just kept on pulling over and we're like, oh my goodness, we have to take a picture here. Oh my goodness, there's a sheep. That's amazing. <laughs> Let's stop here. Oh my goodness, there's this castle here and no one's here. Let's go and check it out, right? Oh my goodness, the coastline is amazing. It was amazing. We had no idea where we were going. Uh, we, had, we just knew that we just had to continue to follow some direction towards the Ring of Kerry. But every time we got to a new place, we were just so in awe of what we saw. The beauty that was surrounding us. Just the amazing part of this adventure that was before us. And every time we got to a place, we were like, we just wonder what happens next. We're so anticipating what's happening next. And so I believe that this invitation to follow this invitation from Christ to follow is kind of like that. It's this way of not necessarily knowing where we're going, but knowing that the one who leads us is going to take us on an amazing journey. And we'll be faithful and will empower us with the Spirit as we continue to move forward. And I have to tell you, 
Going on an adventure is not easy. It's scary. There are times where you mess up. There are times where, uh, you know, you get lost and you have to turn around. It's frustrating. There's so many things about adventure that just carry so many different emotions. Yet, at the end of the venture, you're like, I'm glad I did that. The very first word of the Sermon on the Mount is the word blessed. And um, Jesus just begins to say, blessed are these folks, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the gentle, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who have been persecuted and blessed are you when you are insulted. It's, it's interesting that we use that word blessed, um, and, and that, that's kind of the, basically the closest word that we can find in the Greek, um, you know, for equivalent, blessed or happy or extremely joyful. But I love the word that is used in Spanish, and I think it really just um, really hits home for what this really is. It's the word Bienaventurada or bienaventurado. And it's actually a word that is two words combined. The words bien, which means good or well, and the word adventured. Well adventured are you. The invitation first is come and follow me. And then Jesus says, well-adventured are the poor in spirit. Well-adventured are those who mourn. Well-adventured are the gentle and those who hunger and thirst, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted, those who actually decided to go in deep and to adventure and to adventure well. This morning, that is the invitation for the rest of the semester, to adventure, to come and follow, to follow Christ, to adventure well in this time, adventuring into the life of the kingdom that takes courage and it takes sacrifice, that it's costly, but we know that the one who invites us in this journey is faithful and will strengthen us and will transform us after this adventure is done and during this adventure and will empower us by his Holy Spirit. And so the invitation this semester as we go through the Sermon on the Mount is follow me. Follow Christ into this adventure, into this new way of living. Follow me to new places. Follow me into places that are where people are broken and hurting, to live alongside those who are different than us and to love in extravagant ways. Every Wednesday, we have a time here of open altars where we can pray for you and anoint you. Um, and these altars are open for us every Wednesday for us to come and approach the God who calls himself Father and to approach him as, our, as his children.
So um, this is the invitation this morning. I'm gonna ask you to stand. Adventure awaits for those who follow Christ. So let's adventure together in this new semester, amen? Let us pray. God, we are thankful. God, we are thankful for who you are, our Father, the Creator, the Holy One. We are thankful for this gift to be called your child and the privilege to be called to follow you. We ask that you empower us to follow you closely with open hearts and in expectancy for the ways that you will change us and transform us. We desire to adventure well in this journey, this semester, so that we may live in ways that please you and that are in alignment to your kingdom. Help us to trust in you every step of the way, knowing that you are faithful, knowing that you are good, and that you will guide us well. Help us to be transformed this semester by the power of your spirit as we get to know what it means to live the life of the kingdom. We pray these things in the powerful name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Go in peace.